The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. We are going to be going into the Bible into John chapter 20, verse 24. And so I want to encourage you guys to just open up your Bibles. We're just going to go verse by verse um, throughout this. And we're going to be talking about the story of Thomas. Um, some of you guys know uh, it as the story of doubting Thomas. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, you know, when I think about the story of Thomas, I think of uh, how some of his situation that he experienced in this story kind of correlates to kind of what we're experiencing. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like Thomas experienced something called FOMO, as something as like you guys might experience. And if you don't know what FOMO is, FOMO is just an acronym that just means fear of missing out. So fear of missing out meaning FOMO. And I'm sure some of you guys have experienced this already during this time of quarantine with COVID. Maybe you've missed some different things like weddings. Maybe you've missed things like um, not getting a chance to celebrate your anniversary out to a nice dinner. Um, maybe getting to miss some uh, baptisms or some other special occasions. And that's, that's really hard. And even for me, I know that I've struggled with so many different canceled flights. I'm supposed to go to New York three times this year. All three of my trips are now canceled. And, you know, it's really one of those hard things because you want to be there for, for people. You want to be there with people, especially with some of my friends that are getting married, um, wanting to be there to celebrate with them, even though they might still be getting married on that same day, just wanting to get a chance to be able to celebrate with them. And so I feel like when we talk about the story of Thomas, like he's experienced this FOMO. And if you go to verse 24 with me, we're just going to read verse by verse, and we're just going to share and talk about this. And it says, verse 24, Now Thomas... One of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So Thomas, out of all the disciples, missed the first Easter. I mean, talk about major FOMO right here, right? I mean, can you imagine what he might have been going through? Like, he was the only one that wasn't there during when Jesus showed up on Easter night and was like, what's up, guys? I'm here. I'm risen. And if we keep going, verse 25, it says, So the disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the marks of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. You see, the disciples were already witnessing to Thomas, talking about how Jesus is risen from the dead, that he's alive. But Thomas didn't want to hear it. I mean, think about what's going through Thomas's mind right now. There's probably a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion about what's happening going on the one time that Jesus shows up after dying, and he completely misses it. I mean, this response that he had was probably a response in a lot of anger. I mean, he followed Jesus during his entire ministry of him healing the sick, of caring for people, sitting with sinners and tax collectors, raising people from the dead, and everyone else got to see Jesus except for him. I mean, just think about it. If you were in Thomas's place, wouldn't you be upset as well? And he's, the way that he responds is just such a raw response. He says, unless I place my finger into the marks of his hands and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. I will never believe. I mean, how angry does he have to be to completely ditch his faith and everything that they worked for for three years straight? You know, a lot of people like to coin this as the story of doubting Thomas, but Really, if you think about it, this is the story of unbelieving Thomas. He says, I will never believe. And I feel like the story continues to get a little bit worse at this point because it says, 
eight days later, which if you go back to the original text, it really just means seven nights, so which is basically an exact week from Easter Sunday, um, so which will be this week, right? Talking about the story of Thomas. And it says this, although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So if you go back, they were hiding and they were quarantining themselves from all these Jews who were wanting to, to kill off anybody who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And it, it kind of reminds you of a situation like we're experiencing today. Like we're experiencing a time of quarantine and locked doors to escape death, right? But what's so interesting is that Thomas had to wait an entire week before Jesus showed up. I mean, think about what was going on through this time. There might have been a lot of doubts, right? Interacting with some of the disciples that were there. There might have been a lot of confusion. There might have been a lot of anger that was steamed up inside of him. But what's so cool to think about was the fact that he stayed there the entire week until Jesus showed up. And we don't really know exactly what the disciples were doing during that time. They might have been praying. They might have been worshiping together and singing songs. They might have been reading scripture. They might have been telling stories about times that they were with Jesus, maybe some of the fun times that they had together. And Thomas got a chance to interact with that. And what's cool is that it could be so easy for the disciples to completely blow off Thomas. As soon as he says, I will never believe. It could be so easy for the disciples to say, you know what? If you don't believe, you can't be a part of us anymore. You have to go find another house to stay at and quarantine yourself. It could have been so easy to treat him as if he was a complete outsider. But I really believe that the disciples maybe thought back to what Jesus had taught them, that that people will know that you're my disciples by the way you love each other, and to love one another as, as Jesus has loved them. And what's cool about that is it's such a great response to how the church responds to someone like Thomas. And I don't know for some of you guys, if you guys are maybe watching for the first time, or maybe you've been watching on the live stream, or maybe you're a part of Acts as a member. But, you know, there are some people who, and maybe this is you, that might have been an unbeliever and might still be unbelieving. And maybe, maybe last week was your first week hearing the gospel for the first time, or maybe um, you're just now getting reintroduced to church. And maybe you've had an experience where, you know, people within the church, maybe at Acts, maybe at another church, maybe at another denomination where People haven't been the church to you and haven't treated you the way that God treats you and cares for you. And on behalf of everybody in the church, I just want to apologize for that. And I, I hope that you would get a chance to understand who Jesus is, that you would understand that he loves you, and that not only did he die for the world, but he also died specifically for you, and that he lives as king even today. So just take a chance and just continue to listen to what Jesus has to say. Um, because the church does not equal Jesus. The church has an expectation to be like Jesus to other people, but we're a bunch of sinners that continue to mess things up, and I'm sure even in my own experience at church that I've treated people the way that I wouldn't want to be treated, and the way that Jesus wouldn't treat me as well. So um, I think it's just really cool to think about how the disciples were to care for Thomas so much that Thomas was to stay in that house. But in the midst of Thomas's confusion and quarantine and chaos, Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. He keeps going in verse 27. He says this, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. 
And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And, and prior to this, just a week beforehand, on Easter Sunday night, Jesus shows up with his disciples, and he shows up through a locked door, which is really cool, and he tells him, he's like, look, see my hands and see my side, which was pierced for you. But what's cool about this is that Thomas, he gets to experience Jesus from a firsthand experience. He gets to, Jesus invites him to feel the scars that Jesus experienced on the cross so that he could believe. And Jesus knew what Thomas needed to experience right before he arrived on the scene. And if that's true, then isn't it possible that Jesus already knows the struggles that you're going through and the things that he needs to show up for in your life already? That maybe that our deepest thoughts or our inward or our outward complaints to other people, maybe about some of our circumstances or our struggles, that they might be the prayers that Jesus is already tuning into? Because Jesus met Thomas right where he was at. And Jesus is meeting us right where we are. In our confusion, in our quarantine, and in the chaos of our lives, Jesus shows up. And what's so interesting is that Jesus just doesn't show up on a random time for Thomas. He just doesn't show up on a random like Wednesday or Thursday. I believe he shows up at a very specific time for a very specific purpose. Think back, if you go back to verse 26, it says eight days later, which I said means just a week later or after seven nights, which means that Jesus shows up on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, the week right after his resurrection, the week right after Easter. And I think this is really for two reasons. One, I think that Jesus is still reminding the disciples and Thomas that he's still alive, that he didn't just raise up from the dead one time and said, hey, I'm here for Easter and then I'm gone but that Jesus continually shows up for them in their lives. Even in their times of doubting, in their times of worship, in their best times, in their times of unbelief, Jesus shows up and says, I'm still here, and I'm still actively working. And that's the same for, for us as well, that Jesus still continues to show up for us. Even when we can't see him, he's still there. He's still working. And the second reason is this, that Jesus shows up on the first day of the week, which if you go all the way back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis, if you look at the design pattern of how God created, the first day of creation is when God steps into the scene and through the chaos and non-existent life, he brings light. He speaks light into existence and order. And I think this is true about Thomas, that Jesus is bringing the light in the chaos of Thomas' unbelief. And if that's true, then that means that Jesus is the light in our chaos as well. And Jesus is the light in the world's chaos. Jesus keeps going, and he says, verse 29, Jesus says, Have you believed because you have not seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is saying that believing is still seeing the light even when we're surrounded by darkness, even when we're still surrounded by confusion and anxiety and stress, that Jesus is saying, hold on to that. Hold on to my cross. Hold on to my empty tomb. Hold on to that hope that I'm coming again to make all things right. And it's easy for us to stop the story there, right? To finish out with the story of Thomas. But I think what's really cool is that the writer, John, continues on with these last two verses before he gets to the next chapter. And he says this in verse 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that by believing you may have life in his name. John's purpose for writing this is for you to believe, and that by believing you would have life. But it's not a promise that everything's going to go completely smoothly in this life by believing in Jesus. But when we believe in Jesus, when we have our hope in him, we have that life that's always filled with that hope. Hope that Jesus can even take people in our lives, like Thomas, from unbelieving and give them a life of hope and love and light. Jesus gives us hope that he can take our dark, chaotic days and hold on to his promise that light is coming and it's already here. And it's hope that when Jesus returns, that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, that sickness and death will be no more, that this quarantine is going to be no more, that COVID-19 is going to be no more, that cancer is going to be no more, that depression and anxiety and stress is going to be no more, and we can finally rest with him in paradise. So for those that are watching, if, you are, uh, if you're experiencing Jesus for the very first time, I, I want to invite you guys to take a chance to read up on the book of John. Take John up on his offer. My prayer is that you would just continue to experience Jesus by his words and actions, um, because he is the one that, that cares for you and died for you and, and loves you and cares for you. And for those of you guys that are believing and are continuing to believe in Jesus and know that he is risen from the dead, that you would take hope during this time by reading these words of Jesus and have hope that Jesus is also working in the lives of other people too. That we would be like the disciples that cared for Thomas, that would care for people despite whatever they believed, that we would continue to love them, not judge them, and continue to show them Jesus through our words and through our actions. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.